Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sells Podcast, the podcast where we talk about culture, relationships, and society from a male and a female perspective. Today, we are going to be talking about something a bit more positive, especially compared to what we spoke about last week. We're going to be talking about weddings. Eliza has a wedding coming up. Very exciting. I went to one yesterday, and it was a big ethnic wedding. And oh, look, so fun. I've always been a bit... Uh, a little bit cynical about weddings. I, I understand why they're necessary and, and their meaning. And I did always think, oh, it's a bit over the top yes. how some people put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and make yeah. it their, the centerpiece of their life. But, oh, yesterday, this was epic. So this was a big Greek wedding. And oh, first they, they're, they're at the church and it's all very traditional and the Greek, the Orthodox priest is singing. I don't understand half of it, but it's it's all very, uh, it's nice. It's uh, good tones. <laughs> it felt really meaningful. I don't know why, but you're in this good. big church, huge ceiling, portraits of Jesus yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and then the reception also, and then the, the, the bride and groom came in a horse-drawn carriage, which apparently they traveled no. five kilometers through half of Sydney. <laughs> and she had a huge what's the thing? Um Veil? The, not the 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 sort of the last train. Yeah, the train was huge. So oh, from wow. from what I've been told, that just means it's a it's a it's very lavish and ostentatious. Yeah. And she looked amazing. Uh all the bridesmaids looked amazing, the groomsmen all looked amazing. And she walked down the aisle, the groom started crying and Aww. then everyone else was crying and uh, they did the ceremony and I think there must be something in the Orthodox tradition that they're sort of putting these crowns onto each other and then they become, I think it's meant to signify they become one. I'm not actually sure if, you're, if you've <laughs> been married in an Orthodox church, uh, let me know in the comments. And then the reception, oh, this was the most Western Sydney thing I've ever seen. So they all come in with a big entrance. So they all have like a a club banger to accompany their entrance. And when I say all, um, so everyone's seated in this big hall and then each of the, uh, the one groomsman is paired off with one bridesmaid and they come in. Oh, God. And there's literal fireworks. I don't even know how to do it. They've got pyrotechnics at this venue. So as each of them are coming in, there's like a few little fireworks <laughs> on the side and then oh my god the bride and groom come in and there's a huge uh pyrotechnic show the lighting <laughs> changes and then all these guys with big drums come in and the guy oh, with a saxophone yeah. comes in they're all circling oh my god, the bride and yes. groom they're oh, all so dancing fun. and then there's these huge dry like barely you know people who had babies had to put um headphones and earmuffs on the babies <laughs> and it felt like a concert. Yeah. It uh, was. It was so. It was invigorating. It was fun. It was lively. It was vivacious, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The whole. The whole thing was. Uh, it was. It was art. It was. It was <laughs> a. It was that. a performance, yeah. and oh, it was being an artist. I can. I can respect that. And then there was uh, a video crew that managed to um, film and edit a wedding video that night. So we're getting served dessert and then we see this video. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. 
and then they did speeches and then they do the big Greek dancing and uh, oh, at one point the, the newlyweds did a, a dance in the middle and there's just a spotlight on them and they got the uh, bridesmaids and, and groomsmen to dance in a circle around them with the spotlight and then everyone else dancing oh. around them so there were these sort of concentric circles of people dancing so that the, the couple was the centrepiece. And it was really well done. It was uh, I've only been to a handful of weddings, but that one, yeah, uh, that one, one takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, I was thoroughly, yeah. thoroughly impressed. So you got yours coming up at the end of the year. Literally the pole opposite okay. of that. Um, <laughs> okay. Imagine everything being the complete opposite. That will be my wedding. But you know what's funny is I went to a. Um, an ethnic wedding in Western Sydney and it's probably the same venue. Did it have like the chandelier, like the giant chandelier from the roof? Yeah. Was it in um ride area? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> because all the girls, I'd never been to a, um, a wedding like this before and all the girls I was with, it was a work, a colleagues, and they were all um, Arabic girls and they were like, we come here every single wedding, every single weekend for a wedding at the same venue with the same drumming guys, the same saxophone player. <laughs> and they also had the showing of the wedding video oh, during dessert. Okay. <laughs> it's like, so oh, my God, it's crazy. Thing, it? okay. And they were like this, everyone does the same one. And it was like I had – it was such a culture shock to me. I was in absolute awe. I'd never – same as you, would only been to a few weddings – Never seen anything like it. I had the most fun I'd ever had ever. And the groom was like just completely fucking obliterated. And he got up to do a speech. And I was thinking, okay, me and my friends that I've seen get married, the groom gets up and does a really like emotional speech about how beautiful the bride looks and cries or whatever. And he was like, Mrs. I can't remember the name, his wife's mom. And he's like, you never let me sleep over. But tonight... I'm taking her home and we're going to bounce. Wow, wow. And then he took his shirt oh, off. No. What? Dived, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Dived into the crowd and they were like, he was like crowd surfing and it was just like ah. so crazy. And I never even saw them together the whole night. She was dancing. He was, him and his boys had their shirts off. It was like wild. And here I was, the wedding I'd gone before was like in a little cottage. Um, Someone like needs spiritual. to make that. The video, white weddings versus ethnic weddings. Yeah, because, you, I think it needs to oh, be you. <laughs> oh, well, you need a budget to make the ethnic wedding look realistic because. Yeah. Oh, he took yeah. his shirt off and said, tonight I'm going to bounce you. It was so funny. There's, there was an NRL. Oh um, there's an NRL player, Brian Toto, who plays for the Penrith Panthers and there's other NRL player, Jerome Luai. And mm. there was footage that went viral of Jerome being the best man. They sit on that sort of they're probably at the same venue. Everyone in Western Sydney must be doing it at this venue. And they sit on this sort of elevated table with the, the bride and groom in the middle and then the groomsmen on one side and the bridesmaids on the other side. And then so Jerome is just off his face. He's he's clearly munted and he's given a speech <laughs> and it was horrible. Oh, it went oh, viral no. and you know, at one point he says, uh, you know, uh, first time I saw, uh, I've forgotten her name, but Bran's uh, missus, I was like, oh, yeah, she's about an eight. And oh. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. You see, Brian oh. is so mad, as you would be. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you would be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was um it's funny to to watch, to observe. But yeah, the other wedding I went to last year was um it was very Christian. It was uh, it wasn't Orthodox. It was just very um, as Protestant, I suppose, non-denominational. And you know, the priest had spoke a lot, and he said some oh. things that were for for I guess yeah. for sort of secular people. Because uh, a few of my other friends were there, um, they were they were definitely raising their eyebrows. <laughs> a lot of uh, you know, you got to serve your husband and do all this sort of thing, <gasps> but. Oh. But that's at most weddings you'd uh, you that's what it was always it always was yeah. and um th- it was still a much more toned down ceremony a very sort of humble dinner and then a the, the few of the parents gave speeches and you know the father always has a few jokes in there and funny stories yeah um yeah. and then the best man uh yeah it wasn't anything really extraordinary just a few little uh quips about some of the nicknames that he had in in high school and you know it was pretty funny um but compared oh the one yesterday it was like i was inspired it felt like an opening ceremony <laughs> because they've had obviously had to plan that they've had to they've had to rehearse yeah. so yeah. Yeah, yeah there's something really it's it, it there's something quite special about that that is obviously extraordinarily memorable and I wonder if, you know, lavish weddings evolved as a way to uh, further embolden that bond and, and just show how important that that bond is or it's just a show of wealth and, and vanity. <laughs> Who knows? Because, yeah, you know, rich yeah. people today are still doing extremely lavish. Everyone probably who yeah. can afford it w- w- would want to do a bit of a lavish wedding. But, um, yeah. yeah, I you never... Yeah, go on. What's um kind of like depressing, I think, is that it's how much of that money comes just basically from the parents' fund. I remember when um that wedding I had gone to, it was her her family had paid for it and it was like two hundred thousand dollars. And it just Ooh. blew my mind for one night and she said her parents had saved for it her entire life. Like well, that's, literally yeah. just that was everything they had. Everything, oh. literally everything they had went to that wedding. Um, and a lot of it was like, well, the parents had a lot of decision about it. But it's just like I thought that was just crazy. My friend, um, non-ethnic, <laughs> um, her her partner's sister just got married and they had like a 140K wedding and the parents had agreed to pay for it and they budgeted originally 60K and she more than doubled it. And they paid it, and now my friend's partner, who is that that bride's brother, is getting married, and the parents are like, mm, "We won't give you money." Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, they economy. had just pay- yeah, they just <laughs> paid for a wedding like three months ago mm. for 140k. So sorry. Yeah, if you've got, you got, you got multiple kids, if you've got three or four kids, and you're spending 100k on each wedding, it's a lot. But yeah. Yeah, look, culturally, that is a huge milestone for – look, throughout most of history, that was um, a huge milestone for anyone. And uh, I can understand how uh, parents would actually – first of all, it's a norm, but also they would want to do something like that as a show of – as an expression of gratitude and love for their child. So uh, they might think, well, if we don't want to cheat – if there's one thing we don't want to cheat out on, it's a, it's a wedding. So – I can yeah. I can understand both perspectives there. Um, 
Still, you hear that two hundred thousand dollar figure, and you think, "Whoa, that's a." I know. Imagine what you could have done with that money. And then these people are like struggling. I mean, the bride and groom are like then struggling, being like, "Oh, we we want to save up for a home," and I'm like, "You got gifted a two hundred k wedding. Like, couldn't you have just?" Taken some of that or half of that, like they remember that forever. This, yeah, it's, a memory it's um, forever. fascinating. And the thing about the celebrants as well—that's one thing I've noticed about weddings—is every time I've gone, I hate the celebrant. Every wedding I've gone to, I'm like, "What the hell are these people saying?" And so we picked a celebrant that. Well, I picked a celebrant that was she's like a couple of years older than me, like cool, kind of like rock and roll chick, um, <sighs> super casual, super funny. Uh, she's a musician and I like that she's a woman. But then she sent me all the paperwork and it turns out there is all these scripts that they have to say and she gives you like three different variations being like by law you have to pick one of these variations for each like segment. And I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Still <laughs> That's why they legal. all say that, yeah. I think people, yeah, yeah the, the, the marriage is still a legal institution that people – yeah. Don't necessarily realize, and that's interesting. So even the 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 more progressive celebrant has to yeah follow a certain yeah. So script. she was like, I can say things in because I said to her like, we want it kind of like low key, we want it casual, we don't care if you're cheeky or like mischievous or funny, like we don't care, like we just don't want a super serious, we want a quick, <laughs> simple, fast, whatever. And she was like, I can talk around all these things and say like cute little funny things, but um. I have to say one of these three phases and there's like eight different occurrences of that. So she's like there's a big juxtaposition between being really like casual and then being really serious and then going back to casualness and, yeah. Interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I just um, – I know a lot of people were that were previously like I don't want to get married and now – getting married, which I find interesting that I felt like for a while there marriage was out of fashion and it's almost back in fashion. But I was talking to um, my family about this the other day because of all the older people we know that aren't married and my mum was telling me they're not married because um, for like tax reasons and financial reasons and she said that when – I was a baby when she was pregnant with me, so like 29 years ago, that if she was basically made to be a stay-at-home mom, well, she wasn't made to be, but she chose to be a stay-at-home mom because if she were to go into the workforce with two incomes in the house, back then 70% of her income, the, sef- the second income gets taxed, 70%. And that's why people were like, well, it just makes more sense Is to that- stay at home. Were they incentivizing one parent to stay home by doing that? Was that the thinking? Or? I don't know. I have no idea. This is just what she told me. I don't even know. I don't even look if it's true. But this is what she told me. She's like, I. It was. I was told that seventy percent of um, all of our second incomes get taxed. That's why we all stay at home. Or for those that didn't stay at home, they just didn't get married, so they had kids and mm. were de facto and had got taxed less. And she said a lot of people still do that, but I don't know too much about that. So someone correct me if I'm wrong, but, yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, they can't do that anymore. If, if the second, every, you know, in most families, both of them, well, in a lot of families, uh, after a while, both parents have to work. 
Yeah, well, now they ask as well. Like, I think that it's even if you're de facto now, they say, what's the household income? Like when you fill out paperwork or you're trying to get subsidies or whatever, it's not like, what's your married partner's income? It's what's the household income? So I think Mm -hmm. they've kind of found like the caveat for that. But yeah, interesting. So these are the this is the know. average cost of a wedding per state. So in Queensland, it's twenty six to twenty nine thousand. New South Wales average spend ranges from thirty seven to forty one thousand. Victoria thirty six to thirty seven thousand. South Australia thirty to thirty one thousand. Western Australia thirty one thousand. Northern Territory thirty thousand. Tasmania twenty six thousand. So that two hundred thousand figure, whoa, yeah. that is a uh, yeah. as a lavish wedding. I actually don't know anyone that's had a wedding that's cost that little, which is yeah, I'm interested that, that that is the average because that's actually the cost of our wedding. Our wedding is like 30K um, or maybe even a bit less, but around 30K including like my dress, et cetera. Um, but that was me doing it like we're doing the most simplistic, small, intimate, like trying to keep it low-key. And everyone was like <laughs> commenting on like maybe this is just a reflection of me being, you know, from Sydney. Everyone was like, wow, it's so cheap. Like you're spending so little on it or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I thought like compared mm. to my friends and well, family, I thought I was doing on, on the low key. Maybe that average takes into account people who just do the legal contract without actually. Yeah. So then the average, yeah. it lowers the average. But, yeah, it, does, it, does, it doesn't seem that expensive there. Yeah, that's that's my um my friends who are getting married. They were originally going to get married in um somewhere famous down in Barrel. I can't remember what it's called, but they got quote. And then they looked at um, Kangaroo Valley, which is another like really popular wedding venue place, and they got quoted like fifty sixty k. So eventually, they were like, "Well, we want to have." Neither one of them are like high income earners. They were like, we want to have a kid after we get married. We don't want to waste 60 plus K on a wedding when that money would be used to keep me at home with a kid for a year. Um, So they were like, they screwed off all their plans and they decided that they're going to have a courthouse wedding and then, um, and then have like a reception at a restaurant with friends and family. So they've picked this restaurant in Sydney that is like a, I think it's like a French bar type restaurant. Like it's it's a nice finer dining but not quite fine dining place. And the weddings end up costing like 45K anyway just because it's like a yeah. nice restaurant just for the reception. And I was like, oh, you just you, – you like they're, ha- they're happy with this plan but it's like you cancelled your whole original weddings to go cheaper and you're still spending more at a restaurant just to feed the people, feed feed them a dinner basically, not even having like a proper um, – so it's just so expensive. It's like wild yeah. to me. Wow. It's uh, It might be that businesses operating in the wedding industry can sort of know they can jack their prices up because it's, it's the sort of they thing do, that a lot of yeah. people don't – they don't want to feel like they're cheaping out on um, – some, some obviously yeah. do because they're on a budget but – there would be enough demand of people who want to, you know, symbolise their commitment to each other in a lavish way and thus they could probably add a certain amount of value. And at the same time it's 
there's a lot of staff um, often in catering and it's, it's a big ordeal and yeah. I'm sure it's not that cheap and, you know, I wonder if the venues have a flat fee or if they charge per head. Yeah, they do. They do have, they have a flat both. fee, do they? They do both, yeah. They yeah, have like a okay. venue higher fee than some, like the the place where my friend's getting married, she has a venue higher fee, then she has a staff fee, then she has a security fee, then she has <laughs> yeah. a okay. price per head fee plus alcohol. The, the thing that's really great about my venue is that, and it's, it's kind of like a new-ish, like I think it's only been around a few years, and um, it's called Gracelands. It's on the Central Coast and Forest's Beach, and basically it's like they've redone a – it looks like a, a bar almost and it's all timber and like greenery on the inside and it has like a courtyard, like a, a garden out the back, which is where you get married. And they have, it's um, like $140 or something per person that includes all the food, all the alcohol, all the staff, and they give you a wedding planner as well. Like it's crazy oh, wow. effective and like <laughs> I don't have to do anything just be like, well, colored. Here are the color options for this. What do you like? And I was like, this one. And I just find it so seamless. And this place is booked out constantly because they're so cheap yet effective, um, and or cheaper, I guess. Um, and they don't rip people off, but in do and not doing so, their business is booming. Like it's amazing how well they're been doing for themselves and they're winning all these like awards and things like that local awards or whatever so um yeah i think the mm. the up pricing is just crazy and then people are like well i'm really busy so i want a wedding planner and then they spend 5k on someone to be like which which flower venue did you want to pick out and or which flower types did you like that's like well what's the point of getting a planner if if <laughs> I have to pick out the venue or the vendor and pick out all this and make all the decisions anyway. Like I may as well just, all you're doing is sending the email on my behalf. Um, I don't <laughs> want to talk shit on wedding planners. Actually, I know a wedding planner and she works really, really hard, but it's expensive as well. And it's hard to, to find the time to plan your wedding as well. It's not, it's no easy task, but um, yeah, what I'm curious and- though because so, some people yeah. get makeup on the day and oh yeah and then the yeah. um the video and photography they can they mm. I know some people do wedding photography and and videography and they make good mm. money <laughs> doing that and um, oh, usually yeah. the word spreads pretty quickly so, so it's, it's, it's look if you're a videographer it's actually it's a good business um and yeah, you can make five thousand dollars a night. It's wild. Yeah, and then you compared to say the venue who had so many overheads yeah. and staff and this and that, you just kind of yeah. you know what do you have? I mean, if you got other people there with you, that's your cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then wedding MCs. I've been asked to wedding MC. I, I haven't done it. I don't want to do it. So I feel you don't want it. Uh, feel like there's too much pressure. I don't want to ruin. I feel their, like you'd be great. I want. I will do it. I think I'll bite the bullet and do it eventually. Um, but it's not something. Look, stand up comedy is a bit different to that. I mean, yeah. it's similar in similar vein. Yeah. I would. I would gladly. I think once or twice I've actually done a set at a wedding, and that's more my forte. Wow. And yeah. you, you can charge. You can. You can. You can charge quite a bit. And, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Wedding MC though is um, that's a different ball game. You know, it's their special day. Yeah. I don't wouldn't want to. I don't want to be good, and you, you just you just don't know what the crowd's like. I, I, MC, there's yeah. less pressure because you don't have to be funny. So yeah. in a way, it's it's better. Um, so there was a, there was an MC at the wedding yesterday, and well, he didn't do too much. He hyped the crowd up a little bit and introduced the speeches and just was master of ceremonies and. Made a few yeah. jokes about the the couple, uh, you know, having their first night together and things like that as well. It was a bit, <laughs> it was a bit how you go. But and look, I'm sure yeah. in this day and age, I'm, I don't think they're losing their virginity yeah. that night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you never know. If it was Western Sydney, well, actually, then it probably definitely isn't. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it all adds up. Big video crew. That could be your event, thing. Maybe catering. you'll become an MC. Could be your next oh, business venture. No, it's not something. I mean, it's it's. Um, look, if 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 there's a gig available, I'll I'll do it. But um, <laughs> it's not enjoy. It, you know, these sorts of corporate gigs in comedy are the ones you do for money. You get a lot yeah. of money, but they're not. Every comedian hates them because there's people who just don't know anything about comedy. That book a comedian, they'll go to a gig and then <laughs> the comedian's like, um, so where's the microphone? They're like, oh. they don't have a they don't have a microphone and they won't have a stage and they don't know you know it's not and often with corporate gigs you know there's a there's a small company that all know each other intimately and they're they have a lot of in jokes with each other and then you're this sort of external person coming in trying to gauge that and and crowd work but also just do your general jokes and it's never there are some people who do it really well and they they do they make a full career out of it um, but for a yeah, lot of comedians, they do it for the money. Corporate comedy, I've never heard of it. Oh, it's, until it's, you mentioned it. It's the bit, it, the biggest management company in Australia. It's their entire business model. It's oh. if you if you get the gigs at say the big you know the or the mining companies or the big banks. I mean, we're talking. They'll pay a comedian sometimes twenty, thirty grand. It's insane. Yeah, those those guys who were on TV a bit and, you know, uh, on radio, you know, take a guess who they might be, but yeah. um, they're making a mint doing oh corporate my God. comedy. Yeah. It's always the banks. I remember when um, I worked for like a charity and a bank paid us and also KFC, but um, paid us to go in and talk to like their head office corporate about basically they asked me to say sad stories about children <laughs> that I work with uh, and I just felt so dirty doing it um, and afterwards like I did it and everyone was like wow this is just where can I donate which was great but it just felt like such a sellout to be like hi everyone yeah you know last night a child yeah. i worked with you know like <laughs> it's just so fucked up and i was like what is why would westpac bank <laughs> need this like <laughs> influential sad story i don't know it's weird but i don't know their reasons for it <laughs> oh they have such an and also wants a, a golfing they can do things like that i'm assuming I, 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 i'm sure someone listening works at one of the banks and can yeah, explain it to me, please. Reasons for the they have an events team or something mm. like that, or a you know, 
Or maybe they feel like their staff is lacking empathy. Something, yeah, something like that. And they, be they want to be like, consultant. you think your life is hard? They they paid. Listen about this. They probably paid a consultant a hundred grand to tell them that yeah you should get someone in there to talk about Empathy this training. and then yeah. and then they and then they're like oh I will just throw some more money <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> I actually think that's what's happened yeah uh, yeah although I will say KFC actually did do a lot of things um in their Westfield shops to help the young people they were actually like. They, it was more like a brainstorm on what can we actually do and how can we offer food or support or programs. Young people, so I was impressed with that. The banks, no, they just want a sad story, and then they were like, "Leave now, <laughs> please exit." Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. look, they, 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 some of those companies do a lot of charity, and, and look, you got to, yeah, you got to be profitable yeah. at that level. You got to the, the whole thing is they have to be profitable, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, all of it makes sense, but we're just dealing. You're dealing with just such an a Goliath of a institution with such a with so much excess, and it's. I always find it interesting in giant corporations like that how you can just shirk any kind of accountability, but also claim responsibility for certain gains. You know, if you run a little team in the Commonwealth Bank, which probably has thousands of employees, and then you know the bank itself is going well. You can say, "Look, oh, look what I look look what my team did," and then I wonder if that is that is that you and your team, or is that just because the bank is doing so well mm. that every department in there is doing well? Mm. I don't know. That's me from a complete outsider's perspective, but <laughs> I just because I heard a story once. This is totally anecdotal. I heard a story once of a guy who was in finance and he got some short-term contract or I don't know what you know with all these finance jobs I don't know exactly what they're doing but it's some yeah. some system analyst blah 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 and he did nothing for six months and he kept telling the people oh yeah yeah, yeah the report's coming and they kept they didn't fire him till six t- for the whole or maybe it was like uh, a few months in until they actually yeah. were like hey you haven't actually you haven't done the work you have to we have to fire you and apparently everyone in the team was secretly impressed and cheering him on. I thought that in a small business or medium-sized business, there's no way in hell anyone could get away with even just a day of not doing anything, let alone weeks of not doing anything. I see that on on Reddit all the time, people being like, I take a very high-paying job, work from home, do two hours in the afternoon, like after lunch, and that's it. Like and no one asks me anything, no one contacts me, nothing. Well, oh you live look, you live in the dream then actually. Yeah. That's um nice. That's real nice. Yeah. How do I get that? Uh, <laughs> good question. Really? Two hours. So a yeah, high paying job, literally. two hours. Yeah. And so they've got the rest of the day to do But Wow. They were I'm just remembering it was in IT. And because no one in the organization knew about IT, they didn't know how long things would take, like programming or whatever, I don't know, creating websites. I don't know what they were actually doing. But people were like, this could be a three-month project. And he'd be like, it took me a week, two hours a day, oh. and then I just coasted until <laughs> the next project came along three months later. That's <laughs> so good. Oh, I'm jealous. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess with, <laughs> when you deal with people who don't know about your specific role, you can just bullshit a lot. Oh, yeah. If someone, you know, we we sometimes, if, if we know that someone's working on behalf of a bigger client 
and it doesn't have the direct budget for say an event or something like that we can we often you know everyone takes that sort of stuff into account i'm sure that's what the wedding planners do as well knowing all right there's not much inelasticity to this sort of demand um we can up our prices a lot and maybe there isn't enough there isn't like direct competition or you know there isn't another it guy saying hey i'll do it quicker i'll do it faster Yeah. yeah that's very true and one thing i learned when i did business coaching was that when you put your prices lower you actually get less clients yeah because people think you're not going to be as successful um so like when i did hypnosis and i did experience this for myself one of the i had option between two um practitioners and this is when i was studying it and one of them she charged like $120 she was already doing it she charged $120 for three sessions and the other one said she charges $800 or $860 something like that for three sessions and I was like I want that one <laughs> she must be good <laughs> I didn't pay That's was, both happens. of them were yeah. free for me but that was just the way it worked yeah was, that was the way my brain worked I'm yeah. like this is a quality one then <laughs> Uh, look, yeah, there's books with all those. I read yeah. one of those marketing tactic books a while a while <laughs> back and there was one, you know, that, that there'll be three price points where there's actually just the two highest are the same but then people almost always go for the middle one because they think, well, yeah. well I don't want to get the cheapest one but oh, that, that expensive yeah. one, they'll specifically make the most expensive, you know, out of reach. Yeah. But there's some, yeah. you know, an economist has analysed that and, and made graphs about how that's the perfect price that, also fulfills our demand. I mean, even you know when you go to Boost Juice and their original and medium cup are like thirty cents apart yeah. in price. Yeah. So I always looked at that and I thought, okay, well, one of them's making a more of a profit, but what are they? Why are they? I suppose they're just bulk buying ingredients and maybe I don't know. It's interesting. Um, and then even like the yeah. the word they'll use and things. I bought like this this shirt I'm wearing now, right? It's the exact same shirt you get at Country Road for eighty dollars. I got to adjust jeans for twenty four because I was just re- I was just I know this shirt where I only wear these shirts, and then I was in just jeans and I, and I thought hey, this is exactly like the one in Country Road and it's it, the exact same material. It's even got a little label at the same place, so they must have the same <laughs> manufacturer. Yeah, and Country Road is just sitting there. Saying, oh, well, we're country road. We're better than just jeans. We can, we can <laughs> yeah. double our price. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all pretty so stupid. true. <laughs> it's so You should see the difference of when I looked up white shoes and then looked up bridal shoes. And I have not seen a single pair of bridal shoes under $400. It's just like yeah. just putting the name on it. But then it, it actually works because even though I know that, I'm like, Maybe bridal shoes are softer and easier to wear. Like maybe they're bridal because they're more comfortable for longer wear compared to this $80 pair of shoes that look the exact same. I don't know, but like it even works on me. It's crazy. Marketing is just like it's so fascinating how much it interlinks with our psychology as well and I and, and how much people can be influenced and sucked into like wasting money and not that I can talk, I'm so bad at that. I can someone could oh, sell me do, like yeah. a boat or something <laughs> like random and I'd be like, I see a lot of value in this. <laughs> yeah. I luxury and it. things are. Like I always wanted to yeah. Oh, now I'm I can't give away these secrets on my on the podcast. Oh, whatever. But I always wanted to run like a comedy and cocktails event. 
and just <gasps> hire a, a really uh, nice bar and just have, you know, one complimentary cocktail or something like that and then just have the same comedians that I would normally book yeah. but just say, hey, wear a suit and then just like double the ticket price. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. People would actually idea. buy something like that, comedy and cocktails. It sounds very fancy. And even just having, yeah, the cocktails in the title means, one, I'd be wearing cocktail attire. I would dress up. It feels like you're getting a nice, like, schnazzy drink. It's going to be a nice venue. Like, I mean, even I'm like, I will buy that. I will do that. <laughs> like, well, that's go. appealing. You should so do that. All right. Well, now everyone. What's knows. the ratio <laughs> of, of women to men that go to your shows? Probably more women. Women, really? d- women buy yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've done a lot of research into this. Any kind of show, unless it's sport. Women buy so many more tickets and they're usually the ones who, if it's a couple, the the woman will be the one that right. wants to go yeah, and will talk question. about it and um, book the tickets. Yeah. So on social media, my gender ratio is male skewed and on certain yeah. platforms quite heavily. Uh, on YouTube, I think it's 80-20 yeah. male. On, on, on the wow. others, Instagram and Facebook, I think it's about 65-35 male. TikTok, I think, is 50-50. I think a lot of these are just yeah. the platform as well. But then at my shows, at my personal shows, I'd say it's maybe it looks about 50-50, might even be female skewed a little bit, but mm. the the um, those untamed shows, generally more women come. It's still about 50-50, oh, but yeah. it, it um, women just come to more events. <laughs> Men just want to stay yeah. home. I don't know. And probably they're more organized in terms of, this is just a stereotype, but like actually anything that requires like pre-organizing tickets <laughs> and um, purchasing tickets or whatever. Men are a bit like, more, I think when it comes to comedy in particular, can be a bit more uh, sometimes even threatened. Unless it's someone they actually love, they'll go to a comedy show and be like, oh, yeah, all right, make me laugh, clown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that, that kind of attitude. <laughs> or I'm funnier than these guys. Uh, <laughs> there's a bit of that so I think and um have you ever, do you ever get heckled and is it always by men do uh I don't really get maliciously heckled I've never really had like oh your shit or this isn't funny or anything but um there's just drunk people who try to chime in and that's yeah. that's 50 50 it doesn't really yeah. it's it's it could be anyone and usually they're just they think that's part of it and they're trying to have a good time and it's just it's just disruptive and annoying. But it's pretty rare. Most people are pretty good with that sort of stuff now. So two questions. What are your thoughts on you getting married? Does Andrea want to get married? Actually three questions. And would you do in your speech, would you do like a little comedy special at your yeah. wedding? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I pretty much don't know the answer to any of those. Um, I think I do. Yeah, I think I want to get married. I think Andrew wants to get married too. But I don't know. We're still. It's not yeah. something we want to do in the in the in the short term. Basically, it's something maybe yeah. if we're still together in a few years, it's it'll be something we discuss. Yeah. I'm not doing. I don't think I'll do a comedy. <laughs> no, I think I'd take it. I mean, I might I might put a few jokes in there, but uh, I, no, no, I don't think I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> what oh. like release it on netflix the, the neil 
Neil's wedding and comedy that's special. A great idea. No, uh, I'm not. I don't think. Um, I, you know, I I think there's still something special about that day, and I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, yeah. ruin it with my jokes. So, oh, you'll have whoever does your speech. Will if it's anyone from Comedy Untamed. <laughs> We'll do we'll do yeah, that for you. Probably. Yeah, then they'll they might roast me. You can have that guy what did that what's that guy's name, the DJ? Oh Max. The DJ's all your shows. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll do yeah. Yeah, he'll if you DJ. want a good DJ for a wedding. This is one oh my God. This is one big business. Does he actually one. DJ weddings? Because I am looking for a DJ. Uh yeah, he probably yeah. Uh, he just he DJs. He'll DJ a wedding. Cause I liked him. He was it was fun. Uh, Maybe I'll message him. We'll message, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, start a group chat after this. <laughs> this is probably a conversation not to have on the on the podcast, uh, but nonetheless, um, that's how you do business, guys. Yeah, well. uh, but uh, we'll end this. We'll keep it as a short one, but we'll end it on. Maybe looking at weddings on a more what you know what does a wedding okay for someone like you who's not religious. What does the wedding mean to you if you were to describe what, why you're doing it? What would your answer be? I feel like I kind of feel like it it is selfish but it's like one one day that we get to like truly celebrate us and have everything about us. Like I haven't had a party since I was 16. Adrian's, God forbid, never had a party in his life or a celebration about him. So I think it's just um, a, like a really special way to celebrate the love that you have together and the commitment that you have, like the agreement of committing to each other for life, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I think to me it's always been really special. I've always loved weddings. I cry at every single wedding I go to, so I've always wanted to get married. Adrian um, has panic attacks thinking about being in a, in a wedding, so good luck to him. Um, but that's, that's, he, he, he's, I think he does want one. I mean, we're doing it. Um, originally we were going to get married privately and then have like a small like thing at my parents' house, but I've turned it into like a full wedding, but, okay. uh, he doesn't okay. really know what's happening either. I've planned the whole thing. So it's a, ce- so you would say <laughs> mostly, how many people's coming. so it's a celebration for you. Yeah. Celebration yeah. of the commitment. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And it's a day to have, like, you know, I, I'll get a prince, princess dream. I'm getting my hair done. I'm getting my makeup done. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So For sure, yeah. Yeah. You feel special and it's, Yeah. Hmm. I think so. I mean, I feel like that's why most people do it. They want to yeah, have that, yeah, like. for sure. That special moment, that special day. Or whatever mm. about them and their partner, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously about the, the the both of you. But yeah. And also and a parents like some parents really push for their children to get married and almost for the reason like the parents want to have showcase like they're right on the um invites Mr and Mrs. Parents name invite you to the wedding of <laughs> The bride and groom, which I find interesting, like they really push for their involvement in it as well. It's important to a lot of family, in some cases. But hmm. I'm I'm sorry if you can hear my baby screaming. He's just woken up. Can you hear that? No, I can't hear anything. How about now? 
No. Okay, good. <laughs> Can't hear anything. He's awake. Oh, okay. Lucky me. Do you need to the go? start of many wake ups during oh, no. <laughs> during this night? Do you need to go? Uh, no, I think Adrian can. Okay. Adrian will um. Uh, we'll, we'll probably, probably we'll, sort it out. we'll, we'll wrap see. this one up, but um. Yeah, I, I if you're not if there isn't a religious significance to the to the wedding, I'm I'm always interested in 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 what people think about them and and, and why they might be doing it, and and it does sound like for a lot yeah. of people it's it's a celebration and it's also a moment for for them. It is in, in it's a bit selfish, but it's uh there's beauty to that. There's for a yeah, lot of art day, in but... in a way because the one like I said the one I saw yesterday it felt like it, it was a performance. It felt like a show yeah. and. Yeah. For any sort of showmanship and and performance, there's an element of selfishness involved because, you know, it's all eyes on me. I need to sort of entertain people. Yeah. Um, mm. And then, you know, I've heard that it's, it's, it's symbolic. You're getting in front of your friends and family and making a commitment and that sort of solidifies that commitment more than just, say, signing a contract or agreeing yeah. with each other that you're going to date it's more potent and significant when you make those vows in front of your immediate social circle and i understand that even if there isn't a religious element attached to that i can just understand that as a ritual uh how it would just put more emphasis on that bond and relationship yeah, yeah. i'm also curious because you know, in our last podcast, I was talking about how, like, I am definitely a what's next person and I don't love that about myself, but I am curious how I'll feel after we get married. I'll be like, what's next? We had a baby. <laughs> Maybe another one. Yeah, another one. What's yeah. next kind of thing. Like, you know, when you go to your, go through all your relationship, you're like, okay, we move in. What's next? You get engaged. What's next? Married. What's next? Baby, whatever. So I think that'll be interesting to see. I'll be like, okay, I've, I've done all those things now. Got a house. Got married, had a baby. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing else, isn't there? I don't know. Then, what do then I do? Gra- and in 20 years, grandkids, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just exists. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll go back to being career obsessed. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, some people do. I don't, doesn't, actually, I don't, you don't see a lot of that. Uh, so, anecdotally, when someone's had a, uh, children, they don't, at least in my social circle, I don't know anyone who's then. You know, maybe after a decade or something when the kids are in school, but yeah, immediately yeah. they don't, they don't, and they probably just can't physically give yeah. 100% to their career. But everyone I know that has kids under five is part time, every single person. Of course, yeah. They're in school, yeah. I mean, mother sense. or primary parent, yeah. Which is, if you can, it's great. I think if that's what you want or whatever, but yeah. Sounds like the domain of the ultra wealthy to be able to have kids and then immediately go back into a high powered career. Yeah. Because then you yeah. need nannies or you need a, a, yeah. other people doing some of that child rearing. Yeah, exactly. Get all pairs. I see com- people comment all the time about all pairs on Facebook. and I'm like, I forgot that was even a thing, but. Yeah, they get like young, like eighteen-year-olds from Germany or France to come live with them and help with the children. Which oh, is, I guess, good yeah. for everyone involved. Like, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, 
That's not really wedding related, but yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's you know, it's in that it's in that realm. Yeah, yeah. That's the other. Yeah, I get. Well, maybe we can conclude on that. But there's no real, you know. That's where there's more option paralysis, isn't there? Okay, once you've had, I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced that, but when you've had the baby, then, you know, then what do you do? You then aim to go back to work straight away, or do you stay full time as a as a parent? Or if you can afford it, yeah, do you get an what is it? Or pair? Yeah, that's a living nanny. Or do you, you know, if you've got the time, would you rather be the one doing that as opposed to the au pair? So. Yeah. It's a lot of things to think about there. Yeah, it, those questions go through my head literally every day. But that's a future me problem. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'm always yeah, like next enough. month I'll decide what I want to do. But <laughs> I'm at the moment I'm happy at home. As long as I can afford it, I'll be here. I mean, not forever, but we'll see. See where the wind takes me. Fair enough. All right, well. Like some, I'll get wedding and then I'll be like, what next? <laughs> anyway. Could be zen. Could be happy in the moment. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm the same. Uh, how about we, we'll tell people who are watching this on YouTube, comment if you know of anyone who's had an extraordinarily lavish wedding that spent, if anyone can beat $200,000, I'd be very interested to to hear about that. And then if you went, what was it? Was it actually good? And it wasn't worth it. <laughs> also, if you've had a very cheap wedding, if someone's had one that's maybe, I don't know, 15 grand or something, was it good? Was it still memorable? And yeah, do you meaningful? regret not like that? I'm curious about that. If you had a low key wedding, do you regret it or do you wish you had been like, I just wish I had that super lavish day if I had yeah. the capacity for it? I wish I'd saved another five years or whatever and had that big blowout wedding. Yeah, with the drums. Oh, that was yeah. so okay. And no, the saxophone player. Yeah, if you got the money, I reckon go for it. Yeah, it was yeah. so much fun. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> shout out to them if they're listening. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back next week, and make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe to YouTube, share this podcast if you liked it, and enjoy the rest of your week. See you next week. <laughs>